Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. Plus, Apple Card has no fees, not even hidden ones. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval, variable APRs for Apple Card range from 19.24% to 29.49%. Based on credit worthiness, rates as of February 1st, 2024. Terms and more at applecard.com. Maureen, your Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my name, Maureen. Yeah, thank you. Look out, it's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films To Be Buried With. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a dishwasher, and I love films. As Patsy Cline once said, sitting around the house playing the wife and mother is driving me crazy. Now trying to work out if Tenet makes any sense has melted my brain. I hear you, Patsy Cline. It was certainly insanely complicated, but I do think there was some logic to it. But anyway, it's not, you know, listen, there's other things to focus on if you, if you can't be bothered to work it out after all this. You know what I mean? If it's been days since you saw it, just move on with your life. Just take it as like, well, I enjoyed the experience. I'm not sure I understood it. That's okay too. Every week I invite a special guest over. I tell them they've died. Then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Sharon Stone, Jamila Jamil, Ricky Gervais, and your favourite, Maddy Brambles. But this week, my wonderful special guest is the brilliant comedian and playwright, Archie Maddox. Get over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you'll get 15 minutes extra chat and questions and a really good secret from Archie. Plus, you get the whole thing as an uncut video. Plus, you get archives of the old episodes. Plus, on the Patreon this week, it's the only place you can get to see Archie's dog. Find all that and more over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. And if you haven't started yet, do watch Ted Lasso. It's on the Apple TV Plus app. Episode 7 is out this week, and it was written by Jason Sudeikis himself. And don't tell the other episodes, but I think this one is my favourite one. Have a look, you will love it. So, Archie Maddox is a really good comic, and I only found out recently he's also an incredibly prolific writer. We recorded this one last week over Zoom with me, him and his lovely dog that I eventually had to banish from the room for bad behaviour. I think you're going to love it. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 112 of Films to be Buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. It is me, Brett Goldstein, and I'm joined today by a phenomenal comedian, a phenomenal writer, a phenomenal actor, an award-winning writer, an award-winning comedian. Let's just say the word award-winning is banded around him everywhere he goes. Please welcome to the show, the brilliant Archie Maddox! 
Hey, thanks for having me. I like your uh, podcast voice. I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> you get to see it as well. This is the first time you get to see it, right? It's pretty yeah. shocking. Pretty shocking in person. Um, <laughs> it's lovely to see you, Archie. Thank you for agreeing to do this. We're doing this over a oh, Zoom. Where are you? Uh, I'm in my flat in Crouch End, uh, where I am just watching my puppy to make sure she doesn't do anything bad. You got a puppy. Um, yeah, I got her just before lockdown, and she oh. she's lovely, very sweet, uh, very mischievous. Did you get lot- her deliberately because you knew we were going into lockdown and you needed? No, 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 no. So me and my girl have been talking about a puppy for ages, and we bought her in November, but then picked her up in January. And yeah, we got her for a good couple months before before the lockdown hit. So she, yeah, she's been like a godsend. Archie, now, so I know you as a stand-up comedian. I've done many gigs yes. with you. You're an excellent stand-up comedian. Excellent, if I may say. However, what I didn't know Thank about you, you until uh, it was brought up in a room is that you are a uh, massive playwright and TV writer and writer, writer, writer. I didn't know any of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kept that under yeah. your hat, didn't you? At gigs. Yeah, man. I move in silence. I, I wait until <laughs> stuff's there. And then everyone can go, how'd you do that? I was like, it's overnight, innit? Overnight success. <laughs> Fuck all you lot. Were you always writing and was stand-up a, a, a new thing or vice versa? Yeah. Yeah, no, I was I was writing before um, I started stand-up. So I was writing plays from about 2011, I think, right. which is just when I come out of university. And I kind of, I originally wanted to be an actor. All my family are actors. So I kind of, I wanted to follow in the family business. Oh, nice. uh, but I didn't, I didn't like a director telling me what to do, so, <laughs> which is pretty bad. And I thought, oh, well, I better do something about this because I need that kind of performing thing. Mm. And I stumbled on stand-up by mistake. I didn't know you could just like get up and do yeah. it. I don't know what I thought happened. But yeah, I started doing that in 2012 or 13, something right. like that. And yeah, I've been doing them side by side ever since. Here's a question for you. Because I remember, I think I read, I think this was in a book Stuart Lee wrote. I think it's in his uh, How I Escaped by Certain Fate. He talks about writing for theatre, for plays and stuff. And he said, there's a thing you read about in like practice for people trying to make theatre. And that what they're always aiming for is a deep connection with an audience, a sort of pulling down the fourth wall and getting straight to the, to an audience's core and all that. And he said, and I found it very interesting, he said, stand-up, even at its hackiest, does that, does the thing that, that yeah. plays are often trying to do, because it removes all the artifice, I suppose, and just goes, here's the exactly. fucking I mean, thing. Yeah, artifice is the key word, because even, even when stand-up is terrible, you're still cutting right to the core of that audience, because you're getting some kind of visceral reaction. Yeah. It's, it's the only art form that does that. Like, even music, people can appreciate and then kind of work out how they feel about it but stand-up is so immediate yeah that there's there's nothing else like it so so having done stand-up and been very successful and good at it what what keeps you writing plays and what is it that you're that you're trying to do with plays that you can't do with stand-up uh i think with with plays there well one there's so many more characters that you can kind of explore and different points of view like i, I could write the point of view of a racist uh and try and make them empathetic or sympathetic right. or whatever whereas if i come on and say racist stuff <laughs> it just like people are like what the fuck is going on <laughs> it's uh, bold. it'll be very bold 
Yeah, you're very bold, but you know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it would be a very odd thing for There's me to do. Certain rooms it would kill. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> those gigs I no longer do. If I did that shit, I'd fucking murder. <laughs> but uh, I also, I like the thing I love about stand up, but the thing that I think also holds it back is that stand up is so immediate and so mm. kind of in your face that, but theater is so thoughtful that it kind of, it, it relies on that extra four being there. Like there's one play uh, that was supposed to go on before the whole Corona thing that I'd been writing for about four years and just thinking about it for four years made it so much better. You can't really do that with Mm. stand up because if you're just thinking of this joke for four years, it's never, you can like write the joke and hone it and hone it and hone it. But culture changes so quickly that the humor of it, is uh is kind of lost the longer you take to say it yeah i think that's i think that is true however i do know i can't remember what it is but i definitely had a bit in my set that i tried once and it didn't work and then four years later i tried it again and it did work (laughs) and i thought that that joke just needed to ripen it just needed yeah just so yeah sometimes it's that also it could just be you as a performer yeah, maybe people are like ah i believe that i believe him saying this now. This now. <laughs> um, yeah there was there's stuff that i used to say that i was like i shouldn't have said that then i should have waited until now yeah. I, like a little bit more grizzled and like older people yeah like, you look yeah, too I, young to I, say I, that shit Oh yeah. So the other thing I wanted to, from what you've said is your family were actors. You were going to be an actor. You realized you didn't like being told what to do. So then the shortcut for that is become a movie star. And then no one tells you what to do and you can do what you want Yeah. or yeah. become a writer director. Now, what's it like having a family of actors and did it seem appealing to you? Like with, with all, I, with all due respect, I'm, I'm sure I do know them, but I don't know. I don't know who you're, family are as in are they i'm assuming they're successful working actors but are they famous can i ask that my dad my dad gets recognized in the street a lot so my dad um is don warrington who was in rising down oh wow okay in, yeah uh he's in death in paradise at the moment oh like, great great uh does loads of theater stuff both my mum was an actress she's no longer an actress mm-hmm. she now is a non-religious officiate so she does funerals oh, and weddings and stuff like that my brother is an actor who he was in uh, uh, so, uh, Zadie Smith's NW on the BBC. Yeah, he was in James Bond and all this other stuff. I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> and my godmother is an actress as well. And she she did stuff like coupling back in the day. Oh. And now she is in uh, Leverage, which they she just gone out to New Orleans, I think, to shoot a new series of Leverage. Wow. And yeah, so they were all there. So that's all legit. But then my question is, you know, actors is it's a very uh, difficult life. Lots of waiting around, lots of rejection, lots of insecurity. If your whole family were actors, was that a nightmare? <laughs> I guess is Fuck my question. Yeah, there's always there was always a crisis every other day. Someone's coming around going, "Oh, my career's done." Or fucking <laughs> yeah. like my mum would have to ring up someone because they're crying and threatening to jump out of a window. And I'm just like, this, this doesn't seem normal at all. Uh, but you know, that was normal for me. So yeah. I kind of, I, I went the other way and just went very emotionally sort of deadpan and don't really vary too much just to counteract all that shit. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, do you, if you are very emotionally deadpan in life, are your plays very emotional? Do you get a lot out? Of uh, them? I, I try to. I'm always told that I need to cut deeper. 
right. that's the criticism I always get is cut deeper and don't always go for the laugh. I'm like, but there is a really good joke there. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I have to, I think that will come with age, uh, just being able to sort of scrape away at the surface a little bit yeah. more and a little bit more with precise with what I'm trying to say. Leave that alone. Sorry, my dog is now going to start acting up because she hears oh, me talking. That's great. That's fine. This is all good content. What about uh, what about TV and film? Do you want do you do you write for them? Do you want to write for them, or are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I write. I've been over lockdown. I've been working on uh, loads of TV projects, which I'm uh, very happy with. Great. It's weird because everyone kind of went into super development mode and yeah. said, "All right, let's get this developed up," and then everyone's gone. Oh yeah, but we can't film it for a while, so let's just sit on this. And I'm like, why did you rush me to do it? <laughs> that was so weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I, at the moment, I've, I'm working on six, seven pilots for different people in different places. So if one goes, I'll be very happy. Yes. But you, you know what it's like. You've got a series in America, though. Yes, that's right. I, I, seven, seven, yeah. seven in development is a is a sensible amount, sensible way of playing that lottery. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping one go. If all of them go, then I'm fucked. Yeah, but yeah. that'll be a good problem to have. <laughs> Do you um, did you write so seven yeah. at once, like as in at similar, to, or were they completely separate? They they were kind of staggered. So some have been there since before lockdown. Some have just been during lockdown. Um, and uh, they, yeah, they're all they kind of have some overlaps, but then none at the same time, yeah. and they're all separate enough that it, each one is distinct in its own. Uh, existence which i'm happy with and you write on your own yeah yeah although me and my girlfriend she's a journalist we've started writing uh a comedy drama about can i say what it's about yeah i can say what it's about uh uh, about uh greek culture and crime basically fantastic i'm in oh archie oh i've forgotten to tell you something what's happened oh shit I should have, oh man, when I emailed you, I probably should have told you in the email, or at least when we when we were setting up the mics, I should have said, oh, I'm an idiot. Um, I'll just say, I'll just say it, uh, you've, you've died. You've oh, died. fuck. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I know you had seven things in development, but I guess it doesn't yeah, matter. Well. No, not at all. I'm, I hope none of them ever go anywhere. <laughs> How did you... Well, maybe there's more. Maybe they can all get made in in memoriam. How did you die posthumously? Yeah, I, I, I died. The last thing I remember from being alive was uh, rafting with hippos. So I must have got eaten by a hippo. Wow! That must have been yeah, yeah, must rafting have been painful as well. Because they got powerful. Yeah, it was a dumb thing to do during lockdown. But I thought, <laughs> you know what, I can get done. <laughs> well, your one form of exercise. You went <laughs> rafting with yeah. hippos. <laughs> Yeah, I thought, you know what, I've just, I've sat around for six months. Let's go for a little yeah. boat ride. And then, yeah, the, the hippos must have got me. Hippos are the worst as well. I mean, my I friend, my friend Rich is obsessed with telling me how dangerous hippos are. Like, he's yeah. like, they might look cute. I'm like, do they? They'll kill you in oh, one yeah. chop. Yeah. yeah, they're the most dangerous animals in Africa, which no one uh, seems to remember. Yeah, because they look funny. It's very disar- yeah, they, it's disarming because they look funny and they walk funny. So you're like, uh, yeah, you're yeah, busy. and you think, ah, they're just a fat mess. They're not going to be able to do anything, but they can, they can run, man. Can they run as well? Why yeah, is, they why can hit like forty miles then? an hour. 
I don't know. I, I think I think in animal versions, fat just means muscle that's under right. blubber. I think that's what it must be. <laughs> but yeah, there's fat mess rushing towards me. Oh god! <laughs> uh, great way to die. Do you do you worry about death? Uh, I do. I do worry about them. In I think only in the kind of existential way that everyone worries about them. In that you know, it's the only inevitability, but it's something that we can't and won't ever understand until it happens, and then it's too late. Oh. So yeah, I do. I don't. I don't say that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it like then. It's too late to even. I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't put it that way in my head. Well, because like, the moment you understand it, you're gone, isn't it? So you can't. Well, and you, you then you think that's it. Nothing lights out. I I don't know. I think I think there's more to existence than what we understand. So I, I I'm not sure I believe in a god or anything like that per se, but I believe that there's just a kind of like an energy or a, a reawakening or whatever. But yeah, there's always a, a little lingering worry about death there, which is always nice. Just tickling. It doesn't stop me from doing stuff. Right. Though. It's not like like it don't stop me from doing dumb things. It's just kind of like, oh, this could kill me. Okay, that's fine. Right. Like, it's kind of one of them. Yeah. Could, rafting with hippos. This could kill me. I'd still do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I got news for you, buddy. Right. There is a heaven. So you find out and you get to sort of experience it as well. And uh, and in this heaven, it's brilliant. They got they got all your favourite things. What's your favourite thing? My favourite thing? I don't even know. I don't know what my favourite thing is. It's a really hard question to answer. I know. I've, at, I've never asked it before. My dog, my dog is my favourite right. thing at the moment. I'll so, so Bossy, there's, a, bossy is my there's a million Bossies in heaven. Oh my, that is both amazing and terrifying. Yeah. Well, that's heaven for you, baby. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but they're also obsessed with um, film. They're obsessed with your life through film. And the first thing they oh, ask right. you is, "What is the first film you remember seeing?" The first film I remember seeing. I don't know. I can't trust my own memory on this. I've okay. got to be honest because I kind I can't work out which one was first. But both of them were terrible choices for me to remember as a first film. Right. So it was either. Um, I can hear that. What is that? What's yeah, Bussy that, doing? That's the bloody dog. She's, Bussy cloning she's herself. Yeah, she, she, she's getting ready for the, ready the heaven. For, yeah. March. Uh, the first two films I remember seeing was the original version of It, the miniseries. Ridiculous. And uh, the other one was Aliens. And I can't remember which one. Was, came first but either way both of them terrified me and I, I know the exact reason why it was these films as well because my mum was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show with Tim Curry so she let me watch it going oh it's Tim it's Tim because yeah, I knew Tim, Uncle Tim yeah and I was like I don't give a shit he's a terror he's a... it just meant that whenever I saw him I was much more scared of him because mm. he was a clown that ate children and so I don't know why she thought that would be a good idea. And so Aliens was because my brother, uh, my oldest brother is 16 years older than me. And he was watching Aliens and just said, yeah, no, you can come and watch it. And yeah, I watched all of it. And he then pretended to be an alien for about four months afterwards. <laughs> Every night when I was going to sleep. How old yeah, were you? I think I must have been about four or five. So how, how many are you? How many siblings do you have? Uh, I've got two older brothers. Right. And they're much older. Yeah. So they, we kind of, my parents done them in eight years. They're both half brothers as well. Okay. But they both done them in eight year increments. So my oldest one is, right, Bessie, stop it. Uh, my oldest one is um, 
16 years older than me. And then the next one is eight years older than me. And then there's me. I'm so sorry to to give Bossy a note, but she's going to have to stop cracking about or Buddy Please, yeah. my producer's going to kill me. You know me. what? I'm going to put her in the other no, room because don't she's do getting that. well excited. No, no, she loves it. You'll be fine. Give me one second because okay, otherwise go she's going to start jumping on the table and she, I can see her in her eyes. Right, Bossy, come in. Come on. Yeah. You know. Good girl. All right, I'm back. No distractions. Okay. I'm sorry Stop. for what we did to the dog. Um, <laughs> okay, so you've got two brothers, eight years and 16 years older. Bloody hell. Are you, are you close? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm close to both of them. I see them a lot. Oh, One's just cool. had a baby. Oh, the other's got a, a flat. So, yeah, no, it's all, all good. That's nice. I also like your <laughs> – the clown from it is Uncle Tim to you, which I think is more terrifying. It's just Tim. Uncle Tim. Yeah. What yeah, is? I don't know what my mum was thinking. Just like, oh yes, I'm like, yeah, no, he's Uncle Tim. That's I could leave worse. you. I could leave you alone with him, couldn't I? Couldn't I? <laughs> uh, what's the What's the film that made you cry the most? You've said you're not an emotional man. Do you cry at films? I I don't really cry in films. I get I get emotional and I feel like I'm welling up and then nothing really happens. It's like it's what I imagine it's the emotional equivalent of being able to have sex and never come that's mm. why I imagine you're like, like Sting watching a film and wanking exactly I'm, I'm exactly the same as Sting <laughs> the first film that made me cry yeah. that I can remember I think is Lion King I saw that when I was like eight or something like that and I can remember crying at that and I, the last film that I can genuinely say made me cry, mm. and this is such an embarrassing choice, is the Pokemon movie when Pikachu dies. I mean, Have you never seen a Pokemon movie? I've never seen a Pokemon movie, but that oh. does not mean that I would not be moved to tears by Pikachu's death. Mate, when Pika- No, it's not when Pikachu dies. It's when Ash dies. I fucked up. When uh. Ash dies, Pikachu, he can only say Pikachu, in it. So when Ash uh. dies, he's all poking him. He's going, Pika, Pika. And he starts crying. And I was like, oh, Jesus no, Christ. I had no idea it was so emotional, those films. Yeah, man. Pokemon goes deep, bro. It's got... <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. Do you cry in life then? No, you just don't cry. Not really. I only cry when, like, really big things happen. Apart from that, I don't really, I don't feel the need to. It's not like yeah. I feel like anything is lacking if I don't do it. Yeah. Like my girlfriend cries all the time. She listened to a song the other day and started crying. She I cries was like, for the both of you. Yeah, exactly. She does it fuck, at least 200% too much at the moment, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't. I, I don't really hope really. she listens to this. What the fuck did you say? Nothing. It was a joke. Nothing. <laughs> no, I'm a comedian, babe. I say shit. I don't always believe in what I said. <laughs> If I meant it, I'd put it in a play. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's the film that scared you the most? It's going to be It again. Really? Uh, the original It. Yeah, man. That There were just some scenes in it. When he first takes Georgie under, into the wet, into the sewer, yeah. uh, and he's saying everything floats down it. Exactly. Ugh, that just creeped me out, man. I didn't like that at all. I can give you a non-scary film that scared me. Yeah, go on. Do you remember Dark Crystal? Yeah, of course I do. That shat me up, that film, man, with them t- weird skin puppet things. Absolutely terrifying, The Dark Crystal. Yeah, it was, and it wasn't supposed to be scary either. It was like a children's film, but it was so, uh, I still think about it. So I can't watch the original version anymore. I watched no. the new Netflix one. Yeah. I was like, this is pretty good. But the original, I can't, I'm not going near it. I'm still traumatised. Weird skin puppets. You've described it like you're a serial killer. You know, those people, <laughs> what do you call them? Skin puppets. <laughs> 
It's awful. So do you hate being scared? You're not a fan of horror or whatever. No, I, I like being scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I like being scared now I'm old enough to understand it. Like, I right. don't like stuff from my childhood that was scary. Yeah. Because that that's not a quantifiable fear I can kind of touch. Whereas now that like, I watch a horror and I'll enjoy it or go on a roller coaster and I'll enjoy Actually, no, I don't enjoy roller coasters. I'll do something that's a little bit scary and I'll enjoy that. Right. But um, yeah, the old films like that. There was another weird one about like some weird gremlins that took over a castle. Can't remember what it was called, but that was fucking awful as well. What was that? Gremlins taking uh, over a castle? Yeah, that was, uh, God, what's it called? Trolls or Gremlins? Oh. It wasn't Gremlins, but it was, it was a cartoon and it was... Oh. You remember when Disney made most of them and there was like a rival to Disney that made like the um, All Dogs Go to Heaven yeah, and... Don Bluth films. Yeah, okay. that guy. He made a film with like these weird little monster stuff things and they took over a castle and I can't remember what it's called. I've never found it oh, since I was a kid. That's going to do my head in. Yeah. Give me a second. Welcome to my world every day. <laughs> every day I wake up and what, what was that? that film? What was, yeah. what was that fucking film that used to really upset me that I can't remember? I'm going to look up Don Blue. Are you sure it wasn't like The Black Cauldron, but that's a Disney film? Secret, Secret of Nim? No, Secret of Nim fucked me up, though. Yeah, that's good. That, that fucked with the mad big owl with it, that crushed all the insects and tried to eat the mouse. That, yeah, yeah, that yeah that's up. fucking good, that one. Okay. See, this is, I'm worried I've made it up because no one seems to know what film I'm talking about. So maybe I've just made this thing up to be scared of. I've got no idea. <laughs> that's really good well maybe that's your your next project Gremlins in a Castle um, Archie Maddox what is the film that critically is not acclaimed most people don't like it but you fucking love it you don't give a shit what anyone says uh, this is this is I think objectively this is a terrible film but I love it so much uh, which is Dude Where's My Car it's just it's the dumbest fucking film I've ever that's seen in my life show. It is so funny. I, like, I think I watch that at least twice a year, that film. And it is <laughs> so, some of the funniest, dumbest things I've ever seen. But it is, it's, yeah, it's so good. That's <laughs> great. So good. That's a great shout. Hasn't it got, they what, they got tattoos on their back and it's, what does yours say? Dude? Uh, dude, sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they start fighting each other. <laughs> it's so and it's just they i think i'm not sure if it's racist now but like they go to a chinese uh takeaway and they try and order this food and the woman is just going and then and then and she's like and nothing else and the woman's like and then no no and then and then no and then and and it just does that for about a minute and it's so fucking dumb but yeah, it's great. It's got two German, gay German aliens who keep like hanging out in leather together. It's it's brilliant. It's it's incredible. That's really, this is like you're a playwright who, who loves Dude Where's My Car. It's like finding out Paul Thomas Anderson loves Adam Sandler films, and he does. Loves. Them. Of course, he does. Most of them taste. are great. You've got taste. Yeah. Um, what is the film that you used to love? You loved it, and then you've watched it recently, and you've gone, "Oh no, oh no." I don't like this anymore. Uh, with my, my 2020 problematic... Uh, can, be, can be for that radar. reason. Yeah. Um, the, well, the, I used to love Ace Ventura, uh, yeah. Pet Detecting. I used to think that was so good. And I, even when stuff was kind of coming out and culture was changing, I was like, nah, that, nothing will go near that film. And I watched it the other day and the main uh, villain is a trans person. Yeah. And there's a bit where they all fa- find out that they fancied a trans man, a trans woman. 
and they all throw up out of a window. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I can't believe <laughs> that's not okay. Yeah, that has aged very poorly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Comedies rarely make it past 20 without being problematic. It's yeah, very yeah, It's almost like the only ones that survive the the cut are like just old slapstick films where it's just people falling over. But as long as but yeah. then often you'll find in them there's someone in blackface at some point. It's like, oh, fuck <laughs> you Yeah. Uh, no. We nearly made We're it to off. the end of the film and then someone <laughs> had to wander in blackface. <laughs> yeah. Then bloody Laurel's blacking up again. I think, oh, God's <laughs> sake, why should you have to do that? Uh, yeah, I think the only comedies that, for me, properly stand the test of time are stuff like, that were, they're just dumb. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, I they're not being true. horrible. Like, uh, Blazing Saddles and stuff like that. They're yeah. just dumb. Airplane. And, yeah, Airplane. Um, what's the one with John Candy and Steve Martin? That's Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah. Beautiful. Fuck it, that's amazing. It's an amazing film. Yeah. And because... There's, you everyone just kind of goes into it going, oh, this is just a stupid film. It doesn't really matter. You can forgive a lot of the bad stuff that happens. Yeah. The bit where they both black up is fine. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. Plus, Apple Card has no fees, not even hidden ones. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval, variable APRs for Apple Card range from 19.24% to 29.49%. Based on credit worthiness. Rates as of February 1st, 2024. Terms and more at applecard.com. What yeah. is... Uh, <laughs> it doesn't happen, by the way, for the listener who's never seen Blaze Trace Daughter of Us. There's no it's bit. It's in the that. deleted, deleted yeah, scenes. Very much it was deleted <laughs> appropriately. What is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily because the film itself is special, but because the experience you had around seeing it that will always make it meaningful to you. It's a weird choice, but it's American History X. Right. Okay. Um, and the reason why is because it's the first film that me and my girlfriend watched together uh, when she came round to my place. So there was a there was a few films I was like, "What am I going to show you?" What like, point in your relationship were you at this point? Like, w- was this um, fifth date? Th- like, how long have you been? I think we were we were between three and four dates. Okay. So it's still very early on. And I know it's a weird choice. To, so your thing is, she's coming the... round. This could turn to smooching. What a whack yeah, on American History X. Yeah, let's put a bit of racism in there. See how you handle that one. <laughs> As she passed with flying colours. I'm like, yeah, you, you're the one. She found you're it very thing. arousing and we made love. A little too arousing, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So talk me through your thought process. Why You'd seen this before, this film. This wasn't a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of my favourite films. 
and uh she she loves films so we beforehand we've been to the theater together um we've like been to art galleries and stuff i don't really like art galleries but i went because she likes them and we've seen all this stuff and i thought all right i'm gonna show you we said i'll show you my favorite one of my favorite films you show me one of your favorite films and we'll see where these kind of match up and i gave her a choice between my favorite favorite film and my third favorite film, which is American History X. And she picked that one because she'd never seen it. And it just kind of went from there. And she was like, this is a much better film than I thought it was going to be. Uh, yeah, it's a wicked film. It's, it is such a good film. And you, you then kissed afterwards in the afterglow of uh, American History X? Yeah, we went straight for that, joined a white cult, <laughs> beat up some black people. <laughs> Went went round and kicked my dad in the head a couple of times. That's a really romantic story. <laughs> very specific. Okay, I love that. That's very interesting. Um, what is the film that you most relate to? Uh, I think because of the age that I've seen it, it's going to be American Pie because that come out right when I was like just a teenager. Just when I just bang. started fucking pies. Yeah, just I wanted to <laughs> bang anything that I could like just it didn't matter like in my first stand up show I had a bit about how like you know when you don't quite realise how to wank yet so you just rub yourself on stuff. Yeah. I had this bit about how I used to rub myself on my mum's plant pots because they were really big and like right right ankle. <laughs> And American Pie come out around that time. I was like, oh, yeah, that seems like a much better idea. (laughs) (laughs) You watched it as a how-to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, how old was I? I was like 12 or 13 when it come out. And it was just, it was that thing of, like, when you're a teenage boy, Mm. you're just, you're you're just fucking trying to find out what personality you are. So you're just, you're just. I'm the guy who fucks plant pots. Yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. Shit, I thought I'd be the cool one. I thought I'd be the sporty guy. But no, I'm the fucking, I'm the plant banger. That's right. <laughs> it's great. Well, American Pie, we have talked about it. I've talked about it in this podcast, but not for a long time, so it's probably all right. But it's such an interesting one because it's got a real, real problem now. There's like that sequence, which is them filming Shannon Elizabeth without her knowing. It's very bad. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very bad. But it's a shame because there's a lot of heart in American Pie. And I do remember thinking like, it's got great jokes and it's really rude and all that, but it's actually quite sweet as well. Like it's got real sort of empathy for teenagers trying to work out what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. And it kind of, it understands that, that confusion and that just that grasping for, uh, for someone to understand you when you're a teenager, Mm. it really gets that well except for the whole revenge porn thing or whatever that yeah. what the term is for that nadia thing but and even even that sequence it's a really good sequence like as those teen films go it's fucking well put together yeah, it's a very well put together film totally unacceptable completely <laughs> mad in hindsight it's just one of them things as well i'm always fascinated in how we have changed as a culture but like how you watch that now and go what the fuck how come how come 20 years ago whatever we weren't going this is insane. Yeah, yeah this is crazy. And also, I, I watched it the other night. It was on. And I thought, do you know what? There were dads watching Nadia. Do, and she was supposed to be like 16, 17. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's fucking creepy, man. <laughs> that's so mad, weird. that stuff. So mad. Yeah, fascinating. Okay. So, here we go. 
sorry, I'm afraid that this is the order it goes in, but it's a shame because we just talked about um, paedophiles. What's the film you found the sexiest? (laughs) The film I found the sexiest, uh, you know what, I struggled with this one. When, When I was thinking about it, I thought, what films do I find the sexiest? And the two films that came to mind immediately were Moonlight and Call Me By Your Name. Right. And Magic Mike. And all of those are like um, homoerotic Mm -hmm. films. So I was like, oh, that's a weird choice for me to have, considering that I'm not a gay man. That is an odd thing for me to think. But I I think it must be Magic Mike. That's the sexiest film I've ever seen. Like even, I think, even the straightest, most red-blooded male can look at Magic, at Shannon Tatum dancing and go, Yeah. yeah, I felt something there. Yeah. Anyone can look at Shannon Tatum and think, fuck, I want to yeah. have myself on a yeah. plant pot. Yeah, man, straight away. I mean, I've, I've ground all the ones I've got to dust, so I need to buy some more now. <laughs> uh, but the political answer is love and basketball. Okay, okay. but really it's Magic Mike. <laughs> yeah, it's Magic Mike, 100% Magic Mike. <laughs> well, that's great. Okay, here's the. I mean, here is the reason everyone ultimately tunes in for this podcast. Archie Maddox, there's a subcategory to the question, and that is yes. Troubling Boners, Worrying Wydons, a film you found arousing, but you weren't sure that you should. Well, it could be any of those three that I've just given you. <laughs> uh, but probably the worst one is um, there's a bit in Lion King, right? Not mm-hmm. the new one, in the cartoon bit, when uh, Nala and Simba are wrestling in the grass. Yep. And Nala just gives him a look, like a little sex face look. Mm-hmm. And every time she does that, even to this day, I'm like, hey, Nala, Nala's a bit sexy, man. I can't you got, you're hard as a post. Uh, that sequence is very sexy. And it does my favourite thing of, but they do it with people and animals, of something, something, stop, look. Oh, oh, yeah. I want to. <laughs> I'll do it what for you now on the visual. It's, it's, um, <laughs> it's uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the widening eyes and just everyone kind of like, the tucking of the chin. Is... Oh my God. It's a great commentary for what's going on in the head. Oh my God. Oh. This is the worst round of travelling bonus we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Finally going to get cancelled. Finally. Uh, what is yeah. the gr- <laughs> objectively the greatest film of all time? objectively objectively the greatest film of all time i mean i don't want to say one i know that some have come up in it like people have said godfather if you say godfather i will fucking kick off i'm not gonna say godfather even though godfather's way up there i'm objectively i'm gonna say apocalypse now and you can have a great film it's It's a a great 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 film film. extraordinary film it's br- and I've, the long running time always kind of puts people off. Yeah, but it's Not got boring. everything. There's, it's got everything that film. There's you know there's some sexy bits. There's that incredible opening. Mm-hmm. There's um, there's fucking horror action. There's comedy. It's yeah, it's got everything. Yeah. It's a brilliant film. That's a great shout. It doesn't come up enough. It's a fantastic film, and it is one of them films. I love seeing films like that. Well, even if you see the documentary, it's one of them films where you're like, how did you make this? How did this happen? It's not CGI. It's not, this is insane that you made this. Oh God, it looks horrible making yeah, that film. Yeah, it's stray <laughs> stressful. Fucking Brando going full Brando just yeah. for the sake of it. <laughs> just not dr- washing at any point. <laughs> just fucking people up. It, yeah, it looked nuts. But yeah, it's a great, great film. Really great. Good shout. Um, what is the film... 
that you can or have watched the most over and over again? I think it's it's my favourite film that I've watched the most, which is Scent of a Woman, starring Al Pacino. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. I love that film. I absolutely love that film. It's, Tell me Al Pacino why. is my favourite actor. Okay. I loved Al Pacino in for everything he did up to uh, that film with Colin Farrell, where he was uh, Recru- a The agent. Recruit. Yeah. yeah. Up to then, I loved everything that he did. And yeah. then after that, I went, nah, you're just, you're just loud now. <laughs> you're just shouting everything. <laughs> But I, I, I was just always, I was fascinated by how he, he always looks like there's so much going on mm. in his head. And to me, that is my favorite type of actor where you can see that there's so much that they want to say, but they're not saying any of it. Yeah. And I, it just, it, it just, it draws me to them. Like they're just, I, I, I think people kind of get fooled by the actors that talk a lot and they're very kind of showy and go, look how good I am. Look at my acting. But it's the ones that are quiet that you can tell they're listening and you can't even tell they're acting. Those yeah. are the ones where I go, oh, you're fucking, you're so good. Like, um, who's great at it? Meryl Streep is brilliant at it. And she's in How to Get Away with Murder. Fuck's sake, what is her name? I'm going to tell you her name because I shouldn't have forgotten it. She's fucking incredible. But yeah, it's always those actors that I think are just so, so good. Viola Davis, that's who I was thinking about. Oh, I didn't know she was in her. Oh, man. Viola Davis is insanely good. Yeah. She she just, she, yeah. Can, and the thing that I love about Al Pacino is he's got this kind of chameleonic quality where you still know it's him, but it also isn't him at the same time. Like when you look at how we went from Godfather to Scarface to Serpico to Dog Day Afternoon to Centerville, you're like, oh my God, you always look different. You're always changing like the way, just the way you start, the way your lips move. I don't know how he had that much control over his body to do that. But Centerville Woman, yeah. tell me about Centerville Woman, because I... I... My recollection of Sense of Woman, which I think I've only seen once, uh, is it's really like a lovely time. It's a really nice film. Uh, it's got yeah. this weird subplot with Philip Seymour Hoffman and telling yeah. on people yeah. or whatever. And it's got lots of yeah. set pieces. And there's yeah. no, so no way to put woman. it down, but but I, I don't recall it as like, what what about it that makes you want to watch it so many times? I think, uh, I, I think it's just the kind of the power to overcome incentive of a woman that I for me it's a very aspirational film in that you know you've got this kid uh, Chris O'Donnell's character who is in this uh, school this Ivy League school of all these rich people they get in trouble they say they're going to get him out of it they don't and he goes to you know get some money look after this former uh, Marine who is blind now and who's just he doesn't want to be alive anymore and Chris O'Donnell's character sort of he shows him enough of a kind of good time that he now goes ah, do you know what I do want to be alive even though I don't like it but I kind of just want to stick around and there's some beautiful moments like there's a bit where he tries to kill himself by walking into traffic as a blind guy mm-hmm. and uh, Chris O'Donnell kind of yanks him away at the last moment and he then just starts pissing in the street or like when he drives the Ferrari uh, or, or there's a tango scene in it, which the I think tango is my scene. amazing. Yeah. And there's just, there's so much about it that makes me kind of go, oh, do you know what? Life is actually very, very nice when, when it's worth living, when you're kind of, when you're experiencing things that are above your normal experience. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's got a depth to it that's not appreciated amongst some of the other like 
great films around. Yeah. So yeah, and no, I love that film. Oh my god, you maybe want to watch it again. That's great. Gotta watch it, bro. Yeah, what a great answer. I don't think it's ever come up. It won't. Not that. Not that many people will no, cite people it as their favorite. Don't rate it as one of the greats. What's the film? Okay, we don't like to be negative, so we'll do it quickly. What's the worst film you ever seen? I think I saw it last year, uh, which was a Robin Pattinson film. It was called like Above or Beyond or something. It was, and what it is is there like these convicts? They're in a spaceship. You mean High Life? Right, High Life. That fucking bullshit. Archie Rabbit. That was me... my film of the year. Oh fuck off! <laughs> There's no shut up. You're ju- you're just doing it. Uh, there's so much meaning in it. It's like, it's you're the bullshit. fucking playwright. <laughs> yeah, and it made me so angry because nothing happens except that weird sex machine that that woman built up for no real reason. It's just fucking stupid. <laughs> None of it made sense. And then the end, they die or they don't. I don't know what happened, and it just pissed me off. That is so funny. That is so funny because other than I think Nish Kumar, you're the only other person I know who's seen it. And I remember seeing it going, I fucking love this film so much, but I also am pretty sure that that everyone will fucking hate this. <laughs> like, like I, I definitely left it going, I, don't, I can't recommend this to people because I'm pretty sure it's not going to play for everyone. Like, I really loved it, but I also can't argue with you having that bad a reaction to it. I mean... I can see people. I can see why people loved it because it it gives. It's got that weird kind of atmosphere that mm. a good film has, and it it stays with you. It haunts you. Yeah. That film. And either you like the haunting or you don't. And I don't. You I don't like being haunted. Like no, my girlfriend loved it. She was going on oh, about great. It. And I was I was so angry with her. I was like, that's the first time I genuinely thought about breaking up with her <laughs> over how much she loved that film. I'm putting so, American History X on twice tonight. <laughs> Yeah, watching that scent of a woman and then dude, where's my car? You're going to fucking sort yourself out. That's it. really interesting. I love that. I really love that film. I'm sticking with it. But but it is, um, I guess it's one of them, it's like, it's quite hard to, I, 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 it's really difficult because it's hard not to talk about a film like that without sounding like pretentious or whatever. But it isn't doing the normal thing. It isn't your kind of straightforward narrative. It's more, oh, fucking, here we go. It's more experiential, is it? It's more... Like yeah. you're yeah. you're experiencing it. It's you know. I listened to an interview with the director, and she doesn't even know what what she can't articulate what it is. But she's like, See, it is. This is this. what annoys me. But but if then you, I go, you can't tell me what your film is. I don't. You, it's not a film. It's, but but I, she can. She's art, she's like it's it's all in the film. Like if I could, if it's a bit like David Lynch. It's like if he could articulate it in words, then there's no point in the film. It's like. You know, if if I can tell you what it is, then I'll just tell you. I don't have to make the film. But I see David Lynch films like, uh, what's that mental one that I just can't, I've never been able to work oh, out. Oh, that mental one. Um... Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I just I, I've never been able to work it out, but I still like it yeah. because I feel like it doesn't take itself too seriously. Right. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, Whereas, High Life definitely uh, took itself seriously, for yeah, sure. Yeah, High Life. If High Life was to, if someone said this is visual art, I would have gone, okay, cool. But because they've said this is a film, I've gone, no, no this is not what you're saying. <laughs> but it, it does have a story and it does have uh, uh, a beginning, a middle and an end. It's just, it, you know, they're heading towards a black hole. It's, why? <laughs> but why? Because it's an experiment sent from, they're using convicts who have been uh, convicted for life as an experiment to see if there's anything on the other side of a black hole, if they can harness any of that energy to save the earth, but it's a suicide mission. Uh, and, and when we join them, they're way, they're well beyond 
no one's coming home, no one's leaving. I mean, the film is pretty bleak in its sort of, yeah. this is the end of days. But it does end with a sort of, maybe there's some hope, maybe not, it's up to you. Yeah, I, I don't, but I, the thing that just pissed me off to the full was that sex machine thing, that fucking, that milking Mil- mad contraption that that woman built up. It had me at sex machine. <laughs> <laughs> but also because I thought, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen... And, and I kind of, you know, with all... I don't mean... It's made by a, a French woman in her 70s. And you sort of go, this is so interesting. I just You just don't see stuff like this. Like, what an idea to come up with, this room that milks people. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sex room for people to... What's the word? To sort of take care of their own mental health while also milking them for their fluids it's such a weird yeah great it concept. was just i was like nah just not, not buying it i love it i love it i love it <laughs> uh, okay you're in comedy you're very funny i also think you're an award winner or you've certainly flirted with awards uh, yeah I, i've won awards for comedy never i've been multi-award losing for plays and writing mm-hmm. which is it's good to be nominated but i kind of like ah just give me like closer than this yeah but yeah it's good to be nominated it's good to be nominated he said looking furious very good yeah. no it's yeah, an honor thanks. honor yeah. to be nominated you fucking an cat. absolute honor to be the best loser <laughs> yeah <laughs> fantastic uh what is the film that made you laugh the most <laughs> apart from, apart Dude, from Where's, Dude, my, where's car, my car it's one of two answers uh i, I haven't really given any straight one answers i'm not giving a few <laughs> It's either Stir Crazy with uh, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor, Lovely. which for me is is one of the funniest films ever. Just every moment of that film is hilarious. They're both on top of their game. It's so fucking good. And Grossberger, the big mad like serial killer guy, then singing. It's yeah, it's just it's so funny that film. I love it. And Friday, the film with Ice Cube oh, and Christopher. When I first saw that, I was screaming. I couldn't cope. I just could not cope with what was going on. It was the first time I'd seen, yeah, so such an underrated film. I think it's so funny. What a great shout. I haven't thought about Friday in a while. Great shout. Lovely yeah, film. it's so funny, yeah. and it holds up as well. I watched it the other day. It really holds up. There's so many one-liners in it, <laughs> like uh, you remember the whole "Bye Felicia" thing that came from Friday, and it's I was like, Friday. "Oh yeah. yeah, yeah." Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. When she uh, comes by begging for stuff, and Ice Cube's just in his chair, "Bye Felicia." <laughs> I'm like, "Ah, oh, yes." <laughs> I'm so happy, <laughs> and like it's got Bernie Mac in there as well as the pastor who's trying to bang everyone. Ah, it's, oh, it's brilliant. I love Bernie Mac, uh, Archie Maddox. You've been wonderful. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. However, when during lockdown, uh, President Boris Johnson said you can have one form of exercise a day. And you said, oh, I'm going to go rafting with hippos. So you popped out, left Bossy behind and your girlfriend. You found um, the rapids by the Thames where the hippos are. And uh, you jumped on a raft. You're having a lovely time. The hippos seem fun. That's the thing. They're a fat mess, but they seem fun. They um, do seem fun. And you're sort of giggling with them. You were sort of giggling. And like poking yeah. him with your with your oar, like jokingly. You yeah. thought jokingly. <laughs> you poked one. He sort of. You thought he was smiling. You poked him again. Yeah, he was real smiling. life hungry hippos in it. I yeah. thought, ah, oh, this is just like the game. 
and then you hit, you you knock one on the on the on the head, and he turned around, one bite bit you in half, crushed your bones into your liver and your in innards pulled pulled you apart. Right, I'm on my um one form of exercise for the day. I was just running along the Thames. I like to run where the uh, rapids are, where the hippo rafting is, and I see half of your body just fucking intestines hanging out, everything going down the river. I'm like, oh, bloody. I said, you've not done it again, have you, hippos? I dive in, get your body much as I can, but it's an absolute wreck. You've got innards everywhere. It's picked up um, algae, if you will. It's picked up all sorts of shit from the river. It's picked up another dead body because there's a lot of them in there, right? There's so much of you and I carry it all, but I'd got a coffin, but it was only the size of you. I didn't realise there was going to be all this other bit. So I have to, so I throw you back to the hippos. I said, can you chew them up a bit so I can fit them in? They crush up your body a bit more. I end up stuffing all of you into this coffin, right? But it's packed in. There's only enough room in this coffin for one DVD that I can slip into the side for you to take across to the other side. On the other side, it's movie night every night, and one night it's your movie night. What film are you taking to show everyone when it is your movie night in heaven? God. <laughs> uh, does, can, it, can it be a film I've already said, or should it be a different film? It should probably be a different film. It'd be nice if it's a different film, but that's no pressure. You can say when you've already uh, said. All right, I, I'm going to go with... And purely because I still haven't decided whether it's shit or really good. I, and I've never been able to work it out. Uh, I've got to go with uh, Crash, the Oscar-winning movie Crash. <laughs> I like I that you're going to show that film not. in your intro to the, to the audience in heaven. It's, I don't yeah. know if this is shit. Let's talk about it afterwards. That's a nice evening. I mean, a lot exactly. of people are going to shout out before it starts. I'll save you two hours. <laughs> <laughs> but there's some good bits in it. There's some, some good really good bits in, in it. In a way. <laughs> That's a great show. I regret uh, my choice already. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. You're on your way now with your DVD in your coffin. <laughs> you get to heaven. Yeah. God's like, what? This one? Yeah, uh, I thought it would be interesting. Yes, mate. This is what we're picking. Fucking enjoy, God. <laughs> Let me in. I'm going to sit with my million bosses. Now, Archie Maddox, before we leave, is there anything you would like to plug, tell people to listen to, look out for, watch of yours? I want to tell people to look out for when stand up is back, but we yeah. don't know when that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would just say, please look out for um, my play, a place for we, uh, which is going to be on at the park theater. If there is still a theater, great. Whenever theater reopens, it was Lovely supposed to be space. on in May. Lovely space. Yeah. 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 Really nice. And yeah. it was supposed to be on in May. It, that didn't happen. So Fuck. we will, we'll, we'll see if that building is still there, it will be on at some point. Great. Oh, well, it, I, I would love to come. And as long as it's not art, I'll have a lovely time. Yeah, definitely not art, mate. Fantastic. 100%. Uh, Archie Maddox, have a wonderful death. Thank you very much for your time. I've really enjoyed this. Good day to you. Thank you. So that was episode 112. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 15 minutes of chat, secrets and video with Archie and his dog. Go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and write about the film that means the most to you and why. It's a lovely thing to read. It helps numbers and it means that Maureen can keep living in the manner that she has become accustomed to. Thank you so much to Archie for doing the show. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Leibin for the photography. Come join me next week where another amazing guest will be joining us. I'm not going to tell you who, but come on. 
you know it's a banger. So that is it for now. I hope that everyone is well. Have a lovely week. And please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other. Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work. Oh, thanks, my name is Maureen. Yeah, thank you. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.